How's everybody today? Awesome. Well, we have, today is a, a special day for a lot of different reasons, but um, we're going to start out this morning um, with something that is significant. Um, as you guys know, we've been celebrating with the Meeks for the last, I don't know, month or so, the fact that they uh, have been able to adopt Elijah. And so, uh, <laughs> I love it. Um, we, they asked, uh, Russ asked me immediately after the adoption if we could dedicate um, and I think that is significant because what, and Russ didn't say this, but I'm reading between the lines. In case you guys didn't know, they're about to move to Idaho. And often when you move to a place, it takes a little while to find a church. And while the iron is hot, you got to strike, right? And so uh, today I want to invite Brittany and Russ to come up. Uh, they're going to share a little bit of their story. Um, and then we're going we're gonna to do a, a dedication for Elijah. And I want you guys to, to pay particular attention um, to the things that they say, because we're going to, today is Easter Sunday, and we're celebrating the fact that Jesus did something absolutely incredible for us. Um, today, we're going to talk about the fact that we are adopted into God's family. And while we use that word a lot, we're going to hear some stories about adoption this morning. I want us to also understand that what it means for us to be adopted in the family of God is a little different than what it means to adopt a child, but they're both very significant and absolutely tied together. So I'm excited to share that stuff with you this morning. So um, we're gonna, they're going to let them come up and bring their zoo, and, uh, and we're going to enjoy this together, right? Everybody say amen. amen. All right, all right. Come on, boys. Can I just go on the record saying that's a good-looking crew right there, including Russ? Oh, yeah, we have lots of pictures. pictures a lot too. of pictures. You know, normally you dedicate your kid when they're like small and you still have a lot of pictures from however many months. It doesn't matter how many. You, there's a lot of pictures. Well, we have like f almost four years of pictures. So, all right. Okay. Um, so I was going to talk a little bit. I remember once when I was a kid playing with my friend at, in my bedroom. I'm going to try and not look at all the pictures. Um, but, uh, and us talking about, oh, someday, you know, we won't get married and have kids. And us both just saying, man, we were both her saying like, you know, I really want to adopt when I grow up. I thought, me too. I want to adopt too. And I'd had a friend growing up that was adopted and we we're both like, yeah, yeah. And then we kind of went on. And in the past year and a half, she's adopted as a single mom. She's adopted a little boy from Bulgaria or something. Um, and it's funny, her, her gotcha date was February 25th, and that's ours too. And it was just kind of neat, this like, we both having this, this date. And I remember sitting and talking with her about this when we were little. Um, but you know, when we, when we first started doing our foster care classes, it was because there was a girl that had gone to youth group here and had become pregnant, had her child, and the child had been removed, and they really needed a home. And so we were going to become a fictive kinship because she used to go to the church, and we were in the church, and we had always kind of planned on doing foster care adoption, you know, like, oh, yeah, we'll do that. And um, you'll see it. He's in the back of a truck, and he's eating dirt. You'll see it. We've really hyped up. There's a dirt-eating picture. You'll know it when you see it, okay? Um, and so it's a cool one. So anyways, we had come into it planning on this little boy that we were hurrying, hurrying, hurrying to get our foster license. And originally, they're like, okay, you know, well, he's going to come before you even do your classes. We're like, okay, great. And then they're like, okay, well, we're going to wait till you finish your classes. We're like, 
okay, great. And then they're like, well, I think we're actually going to wait until you're done with your home study. And we were like, okay, you know, this was such an urgent thing. Um, but at the, the morning of our very first home study was when we found out that I was pregnant with Abel. And it was just this shocking kind of thing like, uh, what? Like, this is, this is, this is not the plan. And um, we were not happy. It took a couple of weeks. But now we're very happy. Um, and so, anyways, we would not have done, ever picked that time to do our foster care license, ever. It was, or that time to get pregnant. And all those things happened at the same time. But it's just so cool to look back and see. And obviously that little boy never came to us. The family that had him, that desperately needed to not have him anymore, um, decided that they wanted to adopt him. And it was a loss and we were sad and kind of grieved about that. But then it was like, okay, well, I'm pregnant. This is good. And when Abel was two months, almost like a week shy of two months old, we got the call. And I remember seeing the number being like, I'm just going to answer. I knew it was a foster worker. I'm like, I'm just going to answer to tell her that we have all been sick. Like Ari had hand, foot, mouth. We all had colds. I mean, like we were sick just to tell her that we can't accept anyone. And I told her that she said, okay, well, let me tell you anyways. And she told us about this boy. And I mean, he was six months old. He's a little boy, all this. We're like, well, I'm like, well, let me ask Russ. I'm like, hey, Russ, you know, there's this boy. Do you, do you want to accept the placement? And he goes, yeah, sure. Why not? So we're like, I was like, sure. <laughs> and anyways, long story. We thought that he would just be here for a while, but he wasn't. And um, I thought, and it was one of the moments when Russ was like, yeah, let's do, that we knew without a doubt that that, that was the answer that we were supposed to give. And the Lord made that so strong in our hearts and gave us that confidence because he knew that we were going to need it. You know, a lot of times I always thought that if I'm being obedient, if I'm doing the right thing, then things are going to like come naturally. They're going to be easy. It's going to be blessed. And this road has been the hardest I've ever been on. And it has been a struggle and it has been a battle on all the levels, you know, emotionally, physically, mentally, and um, I'm sure I'm taking more time than I should. I don't have, I've never worn a watch. Um, and, uh, but one thing that doing foster care and going on this journey, you know, we thought that like, oh man, this is, what a cool thing that we're able to like love this kid and we're able to do this. And like, you can't, I don't know, like at times I felt like, oh, this is a good thing to do. You know, like I'm glad we're doing this and kind of felt good about it. And really, doing foster care and then adopting has actually shown me how selfish and how sinful I am and how much I deeply need the Lord at a depth and a level that I had no clue existed. Hey, be careful with it. Um, and in the last few months, talking about adoption and thinking about adoption and how we're adopted into God's family, it's, it's shown me that we all need adoption. You know, the reason adoption exists is because something essential has been broken. Something that is supposed to give you safety and comfort and a place of belonging and give you an identity and nurture you and teach you about the Lord. You know, this is what family is supposed to be, is broken. And I don't, and I think it's probably one of the most painful things, if not the most painful thing to ever have break in your life. And even as an infant, if you don't know what happens, the depth of you knows that something was broken. And that's why there's adoption. And adoption is a beautiful thing because it gives orphans a home. It gives someone that doesn't have a family. It gives them a family, a place to belong, meaning, love, 
no matter what, you're ours. No matter what you do, no matter where you go, no matter what you say, we will always be your family forever. And when you adopt, you get a new birth certificate. And so we don't have it yet. I think I'm supposed to actually, reminder, I think I'm supposed to go file something for that. Um, and, uh, but he has a birth certificate and Russ is his father and I am his mother. And that is his birth certificate. And when I've realized that in the same way, when we are adopted into God's family, it's because we need to be adopted. Because the family that we were born into, the world that we were born into, is going to fill us with lies. And it is going to break us. And it is going, it's not going to meet the needs that we deeply need. And so God adopts us because we need rescued from the family that we were in. And adoption exists because you need rescued from the family that you were in. And it's just showed me, going through with this with Elijah has shown me how when you become adopted, everything doesn't, you, your permanence is final. Nothing, unless we died, but nothing can make him not our son anymore. He is ours. Nothing can make us not God's children anymore. We are his. And he brings us, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He brings us in at our worst. And he loves us, and he is going to show us with consistency and love, and often <laughs> consistent discipline, that there is a better way, and he is going to show us. So anyways, it's just been neat going through this adoption thing with Elijah and what we've learned. So, And I'm sure that was longer than I was supposed to go. Yeah, that was my time and Britt's time. <laughs> so I just wanted to, uh, when Ari was born, he had, he was in, Britt was in labor for 48 hours. And he was born because we had a skilled and determined doctor who brought him, who, who birthed him, you know. And Dr. LaFleur will forever hold this dear, dear place in my heart. And I ran into her, and we ran into her in the grocery store one day, and she had no idea who we were. But like for me, yeah. But for me, it's like she is like top of the list of people who've influenced my life and and who means something important to me. Elijah's labor has been 38 months, um, quite a bit longer than 48 hours. And so, actually, when we dedicate him, I would like our life group to come up if you would, if that's okay, Will, um, because he wouldn't have got here without y'all. You've been the skilled and hardworking people who brought him into our family. And um, it just, I, I'd never experienced the church in a way like this before, and I needed it like I can't even explain um, the church. And so he's, he is obviously our son, but he's also your son because like we wouldn't have made, we wouldn't have made it this far without, without you. So, so I, um, by the way, Hey Elijah, this is for you right here, buddy. You want to check this out? Here, Ari, you can hold it for him until he decides he's ready for it. I, I read a quote this week from a, a young lady who was adopted as a child um, and now is an adult. And she said, I wasn't born from my mom's belly. I was born from her heart. And uh, it just made me think a lot about you guys um, because you have loved this boy in a way that is incredible. 
like you talked about a while ago, which by the way, you just preached my whole sermon. So sorry, guys, <laughs> you're going to hear it twice. Um, it, it's incredible to see um, people who are broken to love well. And we're all broken, just so we're clear. I'm not, this is not me saying anything negative about Brittany and Russ. Um, I, I want to, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to say a couple of things to you, things that you already know. Um, but they're important for us to say out loud at times like these. Um, God has given you guys the opportunity and the gift and the responsibility to raise all three of these boys, but in particular, Elijah, okay? Um, he's given you the responsibility to train him in the ways of God. He's given you um, the responsibility to be an example of, of both Christian living inside and outside the home. He's given you the responsibility to provide for, to protect, and to nurture Elijah. Um, he has given you an opportunity to make him a part of your family, sharing all the love that you have with him, just like you do with your other two boys. And that's a significant thing. Um, this morning, I want to remind you that you're not alone in that. And I, I also, this has been a lot heavy on my mind um, because I know how much influence your life group has had in your life. Um, it kind of breaks our hearts to, to send you guys off, but I know that the Lord is in that. But I want you to know that it is, and we're going to pray about this in a minute, we're going to pray together, that it is God's desire for you guys to find another family, a church family in Idaho that can love and support you in the ways that you need. And then he's already got that happening before you even got there. He's already working those details, okay? So this morning, I'm going to ask you some questions. And in answering these questions, I want you to understand that you're not making these promises to me, to the church, or even to Elijah, but to God, okay? Um, and so... Um, as I ask these questions, if, you, if you're willing, then just say, I do, uh, as we go through this, okay? Do you pledge as followers of Christ that you will raise Elijah in a home that emphasizes the importance of personal growing relationship with God? I do. do you promise to teach him the truth of the gospel and pray for the day that he chooses to believe that truth for himself? Do you promise to show him God's love to the very best of your ability through the power of the Holy Spirit? Normally, church, this is where we would ask you very similar questions. Um, but since, since you guys are moving, um, I want to ask you one more question. Do you promise that you will find a church there that will assist you in helping Elijah discover the love of God for himself? Okay. TGP, will you pledge and pray for, for this family, that God would direct them in raising Elijah and finding a church family where God is sending them? Okay, life group, if you would, go ahead and come up since Russ has asked for it, um, and we're going to pray together. And also, these boys are awesome, in case you didn't know. If you need a good time, just show up at their house anytime, and they will, they will show you a good time. Am I wrong? No. <laughs> All right, let's pray together. God, as we stand before you today, we are promising you, Elijah, Brittany, and Russ, and Ari and Abel, that we will do all that we can in providing an environment which Elijah can know you. Father, I'm so thankful for this sweet family, and I'm so thankful for Russ and Brittany. They have done an incredible job of trusting you through this process. When life was difficult and hard, they were faithful to be obedient to your call to love this little boy. 
God, as they move on from one stage of life to the next, we ask that you would give them wisdom and compassion as they figure out what it looks like to be parents to these three boys. God, show them your love daily and give them the tools that they need to share that same love with their children, with their boys. Father, bless this family as they walk in obedience to move to Idaho and help them to find the perfect church body there. Father, we love them so much and we know that you love them even more than we do. So God, we ask that you would guide them, protect them, give them wisdom and pour out your love and your blessings upon this family. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Love you guys. All right, boys, you did good. Let's give them a round of applause, guys. That's a big deal. (laughs) I love that picture right there. And that one, too. Whoever took those did a good job, Michelle. (laughs) That's also a great one. So uh, you know, we're going we're gonna to talk about adoption some more this morning, um, but I want to I wanna start with, um, it's, it's not a great um, illustration, but it is a good one. Um, I have a friend, don't be too appalled, I have a friend who brews coffee more than once. And what I mean by that is he will use the grounds once, and they'll put them back in the pot and use them again a second or third time. He's a monster, okay? If, you've, if you drink coffee, you can understand why I'm appalled by that. Look, da- thank you, David. David is shaking his head, okay? If Christopher Swivelt was here, he would be throwing up or something probably, okay? Here's the thing. This is my opinion, but I think I'm right, is that coffee should only brew once. And then it is no longer useful as coffee, okay? But that's not the only use that coffee can have. Um, I get fussed at on a regular basis by my wife and my children because we have a, a compost bowl that lives in the fridge that we put vegetable scraps and I'm supposed to put the coffee grounds in but often due to laziness or complacency or whatever you want to call it when I'm taking the coffee basket out of the drip thing because we're also barbarians I just dump it in the trash can but yesterday we were digging in the dirt and making some flower beds and uh, I was moving some dirt, and, and I said, wow, Bethany, this is some great dirt. She said, yeah, it'd be even better if you quit throwing my coffee grounds away. I said, okay, all right. So for those of you who don't know, I'm talking about composting. You can put vegetable scraps and coffee grinds and all that kind of stuff in with the leaves and the pine straw and things that you rake out of your yard, and you let them sit in a pile in your yard, and you stir them every now and then, and the bugs and the earthworms get in there, and they break it down, and it becomes the most beautiful soil that will grow incredible flowers or vegetables. If you don't know anything about that, holler me afterwards. That'll just be a little bonus, okay? But here's the point I want to make, is that God works in us in the same way. We are, we are broken by sin, and we are in need of a Savior. And, and when we look at one another often, we see that brokenness, and we think, what could, a, what could God ever do with that person? And usually we have that thought when we're looking in the mirror, Right? We see our own sin and we see our brokenness. But what we're celebrating today is the fact that God takes us into the family. He brings us in to be a part of our family. He wants us to understand that that there is more to life, there's more to who we are than what we just see on the outside. 
When I talk about God bringing us into, in, into his family, as I was studying that out this week, um, I came across several things, but one of them was talking about the fact that when God adopts us into his family, it's not like we're a child without a home. We are, but it's bigger than that. It's a regenerative work. It's God making us into something different than we were before. Coffee came from the dirt, right? That's where the seed grew and it became a plant and then it was harvested and roasted and all of those things that make it so delicious. But there's this cycle of life that happens where it goes back to being dirt again. Do you remember in Scripture where God says that when we come to know Him, He makes us what? A new creation. That He's bringing us into His family. Well, just like my friend that, that uh, reuses coffee grounds, we often in our lives, we find ourselves doing silly things. We put things off when they shouldn't be put off. And, and just a few things came to mind as I was thinking about that. Um, how many of you have looked at the dishes in the sink and thought, I'll do those tomorrow? Come on, give me a hand. All right. How many of you have done that a couple of days in a row? <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank you. And then uh, what was going to take just a few minutes is now a mess. Um, what about, what about your yard guys, or maybe ladies, maybe ladies mow the yard where you look at it and you think, I can go another week. And then the next thing you know, it, what took 30 minutes takes two hours because it's so tall that you can't hardly push the mower across it. Or what about laundry? How often do we let a molehill of laundry turn into a mountain of laundry? See, all of us do these kinds of things. We see something that needs to be taken care of. We see something that needs to be handled. And we think, ah, I'll do it later. Right? All of us can identify with that. The reality is that there's also areas of our lives that are much more significant than dishes and laundry and mowing the yard. Areas in which these issues that are so important need to be dealt with now. And that's what we're going to talk about today. All of us are born in sin, and we have no hope of getting rid of that sin or fixing it in our own power and our own ability. That's why Jesus came. We started off this service this morning with Brittany and Russ, promising that they would uh, help Elijah to discover who he is in church. That is the call for all of us, and not just for him, but for all the people that are in our lives. Russ and Brittany look lovingly they took this child into their home and not only cared for him, but they've given their all to love him. If you've, if you've ever had a child in your home, you know, whether it was yours or a niece or a nephew, they require all of your attention all the time or they die. That's, you know, that's how it goes, right? And I, I'm saying that jokingly, but it's the truth, right? Whether they are an infant and need to be fed or they're three and like to climb on things, they require our attention. When we think about adoption, we think about little boys and girls that are in a place with no hope, right? Think about the children that you know that have been adopted before. Normally when that happens, it's not because they had a loving family who cared for them well. Normally it's because they were in a situation that was hopeless, that was dangerous. Church, we are in the same place before we come to know Jesus. We are in a place that's hopeless and we are also in need of rescue. We see Paul use this idea of adoption all through the New Testament. And it's to help us to understand the goodness of what God is doing through Jesus. I read this this week um, in a book called Reclaiming Adoption. I've read it before, but I went back through it in preparation for today. And the authors make this point. They said, from God's perspective, 
Adoption is not essentially about orphans at all. It is essentially about estrangement. Adoption is about God taking into his home those who have rebelled against him. Our sin is the rebellion against God. This all began in the, in the, in the garden with Adam and Eve, believing the lie that there was something better for them than the perfect life and the perfect relationship that God had already provided for them. I was talking with some friends about that this week. And the problem that all of us have is that we believe that same lie. We're born believing it. We're born believing that, that I am good enough. And that was the purpose of the law that God gave to Moses was to show us that we are not, in fact, good enough. It's to show us that we not only need to be rescued, but we also need love and acceptance. And we need to be a part of the family of God. God provided all those things for us through the work of Jesus on the cross. Look with me at Romans chapter 8, verses 12 through 16. It says, So then, brothers and sisters, we are not obligated to the flesh to live according to the flesh. Because if you live according to the flesh, you're going to die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all those led by God's Spirit are God's sons. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Instead, you received a spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself testifies together with our spirit that we are God's children. I want to draw your attention to just a few things that that Paul is saying in this passage. Number one is that if we live according to the flesh, which he's talking about sin there, if we choose to live in sin, we will be eternally separated from God. And the second thing is if we believe and allow the Spirit into our lives, we will live in a perfect relationship with God. I love that the children's memory verse from this week is Romans chapter 10, verse 9. When I want us to read it again. It says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. In choosing to believe in Jesus. When we go through that process, we are adopted into the family of God. Because God loves us and He wants us. He allows us to come into His presence through the work of Jesus. And there's no correction that needs to be made in advance. We don't have to get ourselves right before God will accept us. Elijah didn't go into the meek home thinking, boy, I better act just right or they might not love me. Okay? Hey, he wasn't able to do that yet. But I promise you, he's not thinking that now either. He knows he's loved. And Jesus looks at us the same way. And he has done all that we need in order to be made right. We just have to accept it. You may not be aware of this. Uh, Well, you are now. I wrote this because I didn't know Brittany was going to say it. But it was good that she did. It's a confirmation from the Lord. When you adopt a child and they become yours, when you become their legal guardian, the child is given a new birth certificate. And when I found this out, it kind of blew my mind, right? When you get that birth certificate, no longer does it have the birth parent's name on it, but it has the adoptive parent's name on that certificate. As far as the state is concerned, you have always been their parents. It is a legal status that you are given. And this same thing happens with us. We go from being completely separated from God to being made in His likeness, to being made whole with Him through the work of Jesus. And He has forgotten about the old man that used to be, right? 
We are a new creation. When God declares a person a son or daughter, their status changes. They are different. We were once estranged and alienated, and now we are the beloved heirs of God. Like, not only does He take us in, but He says, all that I have is now yours. I'm giving it all to you. So how do we respond to that good news? God wants to adopt us into His family. He wants to adopt you into His family. But where do we start if we don't feel like it or if we don't feel like we're good enough? I read a a meme this week. Um, I I meant to put it up here and I forgot, but uh, it says, God loves you. And then the the next person says, but I feel unworthy. And then he says, facts don't care about your feelings, right? God loves you and there's nothing you can do about it. It doesn't matter how you feel. It's truth. God loves you just the way you are. So Paul lays out the framework uh, of a prayer from that from that verse in Romans 10. If you have not gotten to a place in your life where you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, it's real simple. Look at verse 10, uh, chapter 10, verse 9 again. It says, Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead and you will be saved. All that you need to do is confess and believe and you will be adopted in God's forever family. Listen, you heard testimony this morning from Brittany that adoption is hard. Russ echoed that as well. There's nothing that's easy about it. I want you to think about this with me for a minute. This was a new thought for me this week. But adoption was hard for God too. It was hard because in the beginning, He lost His son and daughter, Adam and Eve, because of rebellion, because of sin that entered the world. And it was hard for Him to to see His beloved creation suffering. Have you ever had a child or a nephew that, or niece that's sick and there's nothing you can do about it? You feel so helpless. It was hard for God to send Jesus to live a perfect life and then to let Him die, to see Him suffer on a cross on our behalf. There's always a cost when it comes to adoption. In church, God willingly and lovingly accepted that cost. He counted it. He knew what it was going to take. And He did it for us because He loves you. And for a lot of us, this is a part going back to the things that we often tend to avoid. There are some of us that avoid this thought. We don't like to think about the fact that God has done all of that for us. When it comes time to think about, do I really believe Jesus? Have I confessed with my mouth and believed in my heart that Jesus died for me and was raised back to life? Don't miss the joy of being adopted into God's family. Don't ignore that call. If you've ever asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life, you're going to have an opportunity to do that in just a minute if it's never happened for you before. We're going to pray in a minute. And I'll encourage you to think about that. Have you accepted Jesus? Okay? And I I want you to know that it may seem difficult or scary to do that, especially if you're an adult. But I want to encourage you by reminding you that most of the people in this room have made that same decision. Some of us as children, some of us as adults. And church, I want to remind you that we hear testimony week after week of the goodness of God, of how well He treats His children when we choose to believe and walk with Him. So don't put it off. There's there's nothing that will bring you more peace and more joy. And what a beautiful day. What a glorious day to come to know Jesus as your Savior. As believers, we get to celebrate today knowing how much God loves us. This feels like a celebration because it is. We were adopted as sons and daughters, not because we earned it, but because it was given to us. 
So today, as we spend time with our friends and our family, I want you to remember that you have been redeemed and adopted into the family of God because of what we are celebrating. Because Jesus died for our sins and was raised back to life. So let's pray together this morning. Jesus, thank you so much for loving us enough to give up your life, yourself, for us to suffer the punishment that we deserved. Father, if there is anyone in this room this morning who has not um, given their life to you, Father, I ask that if that person is here, Lord, that you would speak it to their heart, that that would be a a private matter in this moment. Father, I just want to, to pray right now in a way that will help them to understand how they ought to pray according to Romans 10 verse 9. Say, Jesus, I know that you are the Son of God. I believe it. I know that I'm a sinner. And I'm asking you to be the Lord of my life. Jesus, we are so incredibly thankful for the work that you have done on our behalf. Father, I ask that you would help us to see ourselves as you see us. That we are worthy not because of the merit that we have on our own, but because of what Jesus has done for us on the cross. Jesus, thank you so much. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Go ahead and stand. Let's worship together.